friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Pieron. I'll be the host for today's episode, and I'm joined in studio with my friends and brothers in Christ, Aaron Richards hey, Brad. and Dan Dimite. Gents, how we doing? It's it's a good day. Yeah, it's I'm like the only question here. I know how to ask at the beginning. It's yeah. how, how you doing? I know. You know? Yeah, it's, how do you start a show without being awkward? It's a, I know. it's a tough, it's kinda, it's a it's, tough challenge. Have to if it. you have a podcast. I'm going to yeah. think of a great question next time I host. <laughs> hey, good, <laughs> good, good, good. Well, um, welcome to this episode. And if you've never joined us before on Beyond Damascus, this is the show where encounter, in fact, meets mission. So we hope through this episode, you encounter truth in a new way, that you encounter Jesus in a new way through the conversations that we're going to have. And then we hope that it leads you to a life of mission. And in fact, this is a missional podcast. So we actually have a mission partner who's willing to give $10 for every new subscriber we have. So if you want to hit that subscribe button before listening today, that would greatly bless us. But in this episode, like we do in all of our Beyond Damascus episodes, we're going to start with a question that you uh, our listeners submit to us, and we're going to do our best to answer that by giving our two cents on it. We're going to have some discussion around it, and then we're going to move into mission momentum. And again, because every time we encounter Jesus in a new way, anytime that we encounter new information about the Lord, we should implement that into our lives so that we can live lives of mission. So in order to do that, I'm going to throw it over. Jack, what is our question of the week? The question of the week is, how do I discern what is actually God's voice? How do I discern what is actually God's voice? My favorite question. Yeah, it is a good question. Um, One more time. Jack, can you repeat it just so I have it in my mind? All well and good? Yeah, yeah, sure, Brad. Uh, How do I discern what is actually God's voice? How do I, I think the context for this is really good too, because we get this question a lot from people mm-hmm. uh, because we we teach our campers and we teach our missionaries how to hear God in prayer, mm-hmm. and so we're we're teaching a lot of times as you can you actually can hear God's yeah. voice. So this this question presumes that I can hear God's voice, but I have to discern is that God's voice or not. And I think it's it's a sweet question. Yeah, it is. I have I have some thoughts. I'll put my two cents in first. I actually love this question because of my experience with it. I think that one of the things that changed my life the most in the last seven years of being at Damascus is the fact that we consistently come back to the principle that we can hear the Lord Mm -hmm. and that when we can hear the Lord, we can act from that place. We can live from that place. And I want to keep my answer really simple. So how do we discern what is actually God's voice? Because it'll be God's voice. (laughs) Like, um, his voice is distinct and his voice isn't distinct necessarily in the way that it sounds. It's not necessarily distinct in the way that it's phrased, but it's distinct in, (laughs) it's distinct in what it's, what it's doing in your heart when it comes. So like, I think that whenever, whenever I think about hearing the voice of God, the first thing I think of is like, what is the nature of God's voice? And what, is, what does that do for us whenever it comes in that way? So like when we read scripture and we see that God's voice is a voice that is affirming and that when it affirms, it sets us on a path to do great things with our life. When we see that in scripture, God's voice, when challenging, challenges something so the outcome on the other side can be greater relationship with him. And I, I wonder if in our amazing theology classes and if in our amazing pursuits of mission we've lost how simple god wants his relationship with us to be he wants it to be like the relationship we have in this podcast where we're 
speaking back and forth, where sometimes we're listening more than speaking. Sometimes we're speaking more than listening. Sometimes we're going back and forth. Like God wants that for us. And so I would, I would just give context to what God's voice actually is when we look through the course of the church. And uh, when we look through scripture, like what does his voice sound like whenever you read it? Like what, what is that? And I, I, I always go back to Genesis and in Genesis one, when, whenever um, God creates the heavens and the earth, it follows up in two where the fall happens. Right. And whenever we read through the fall, we can read that God's voice says, where are you? And I always like putting on to that, like, where do we put the emphasis? Like whenever we fall and we hide ourselves from God, does he come and does he angrily yell, where are you? Or does he come with a broken heart saying, where are you? Because you were always meant to be with me. And so as we read, not just a certain line and determine that to be the voice of God, but when we take in the entire context of what we've grown in the faith to know as the voice of God, we can begin putting that into our own lives. And it can be really simple where we sit down and whenever he speaks, it's like, oh, that's the voice that I know. And that's the voice that leads me. Yeah. I think of uh, in John chapter 10, Jesus uses the the imagery of the shepherd and the sheep. Mm-hmm. And he identifies that that we are the sheep and, and that one of the primary characteristics of understanding ourselves as sheep is that we have this capacity Mm-hmm. to hear the voice of the shepherd and to know the voice of the shepherd. And he actually, he, he draws distinction. He says that we will not follow the voice of the enemy because we don't know the voice of the enemy. We know the voice of the shepherd. So if if we stay close to the Lord and if we engage with him consistently in prayer, right? That the voice of the shepherd, the character of the shepherd is something we can know and then something we can trust. Uh, I, I recall a number of people who've asked, you know, isn't it dangerous to invite young people into a place where they could be hearing supernatural influence in their hearts? Hmm. It's like, well, no, that's the definition of prayer, mm-hmm. right? And and we believe that we have a Lord who who wants to speak to us, who wants us to open our hearts to him, and who therefore, by virtue of that relationship, is gonna is gonna take care of us. Mm-hmm. He's gonna safeguard us, he's gonna, he's gonna keep us safe. Um, another thing, Brad, that you mentioned is uh, that that the Lord never speaks a word that's contrary to Himself. So we know that God is one, right, and that God speaks never in a way that would divide Himself. Mm-hmm. So the body cannot be divided from the head. God will God will never speak a word to you in your personal prayer that's contrary to Scripture, right? That's contrary to the tradition of the church. It just doesn't happen. If if you're experiencing that kind of a of a dynamic, then like we got to talk to somebody who can help you work through that. But but God wants you to know His voice, and He's going to help to guide you there. Mm, I love that, Aaron. Yeah, I think kind of echoing your testimony, Brad. For me, um, I think a lot of people, especially when they come to Damascus, because we we're so intentional on teaching how to hear the voice of the Lord in prayer, and we're very we're very very intentional on it. I see so many people like, whoa, I, I've been praying, but I never heard God, like God's voice. And it's always kind of baffled me because I would say it's been very simple for me too. I, I just knew it was his voice. And I never asked myself, is this his voice or not? I think it's because my relationship with him started with reading scripture and really rooting myself. In, and there was something, there's just something poetic about mm-hmm. the voice of God. There's something beautiful about the voice of God. And that's why when you read his encyclicals or church documents, 
you you hear that as well. There's something beautiful. There's there's something different about like this book by G.K. Chesterton, Orthodoxy, right? Mm-hmm. That when I read something uh, uh, in church tradition, it just sounds different than G.K. Chesterton, right? Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful and poetic, and it's it just that's why I know that God's voice is in Scripture and tradition mm-hmm. because. It just sounds like him. And I think when you have a relationship, like when my wife calls, I don't have to look at the caller ID to know it's her voice. It's just, I, I know her voice because I've spent time with her. So I hear it. And I think, yeah. I think that's very simple. Yeah, that's, it's funny because at the beginning I was emphasizing, like it doesn't, yeah, it, it's it's almost so simple that that's what indicates that it's his voice, yeah, exactly. right? It, it's not it's not that like when I hear God's voice, I hear it differently than my thoughts sometimes or something like that. But I know it's him because it's simpler. My thoughts get all messy and intertwined with all of these things. His words are always spirit and life. They're just yeah. they're simple and they're straightforward and they cut to the point. And it, it's it's the point of prayer is not just thinking. The point of prayer is communication with God. And I think sometimes the people that come here and they hear that teaching, what they're ultimately saying is I've spent all of these years in prayer, just thinking. Mm -hmm. I've just spent all of these years in prayer, like in my mind, thinking what the best way to live my life is and calling it God. But when we can hear from him, it brings peace, not anxiety and all the rest. So yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for my two cents. Oh, Aaron. Oh, <laughs> almost, almost yeah. two for two. Well, the first one's in. Uh, okay, so Jesus, when the voice, when the voice of God speaks, things change, right? I, I like to look to Genesis when when God says, "Let there be light." What happens? Well, light bursts forth from the mouth of God at one hundred eighty-six thousand miles a second, right? That when when God speaks, hey Jack, can you look that up? Is that <laughs> Make true? Sure that that <laughs> it is. In, it is in fact the speed of light. I know. I trust uh, you. When 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 God speaks, things change. And there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful scripture that, that would support this in Matthew chapter seven. Jesus is speaking, beware of false prophets, right? Who would speak a voice that's, that's other than the voice of God who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. How do we know the difference between the sheep, between the, 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 the truth and the wolf in sheep's clothing? It's in uh, Matthew chapter seven, verse 16 you will know them by their fruits, right? Are grapes gathered from thorns or are figs from thistles? So every sound tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A sound tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So when I, when I experience God speaking, when I experience God's word in my life, I need to just ask myself the question, what kind of fruit is this bearing? Right? This is one of my favorite ways of answering uh, uh, criticisms or questions or curiosities about what's, you know, what, what kids might experience in prayer in their, in their time here at Damascus is, what's the fruit? What, what are you experiencing right now? Is, is the result of this new experience fear or is it peace and joy and uh, you know, the fruits of the spirit, right? Am, am, am I brought into a place of, of greater self-control, of a sound mind um, that, 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 that love will be the fruit of this encounter. And we can begin to use that as sort of this barometer of understanding, okay, is, is the Lord speaking effectively? How do we know that from the fruit that it bears? There's a great example in Acts of the Apostles of that. I think it's um, <clears throat> the prophet Agabus. And he, um, what does he do? He like, he ties up Paul's hands and feet, mm-hmm. right? And he says that you're gonna be like handed over 
um, into captivity. And for yeah. those around Paul, they're like, no, no, that's like, and they go. But the prophet was here, Agabus was hearing from the word of the Lord and he spoke that word. And um, it bore, Paul received the word. So the people around, it, it brought fear in them, but the word wasn't for them. The word mm-hmm. was from Paul and it brought peace to Paul. And so it was a challenging hard word. You're going to be bound and handed over. And yet Paul received that word with peace. And so even sometimes you may hear a challenging word from the Lord. If it, it you can still be afraid without it being fear, right? That you can be afraid like, oh man, that's like, I'm, I, that, that is scary, right? But you can still in the midst of that afraidness uh, be at peace with the word that this is God. Well, so long, yeah, it's, it's what it's oriented towards, right? So like, I, I love the scripture that you were reading, Aaron, that certain trees by their essence bear certain fruit, right? And and like, even if an apple tree has an apple that at the time seems sour, it falls to the ground with its seeds and it still produces other apple trees, yep. you know? And so the the limbs of the Lord, right? They produce a fruit that is going to transform us. It's funny because when the middle schoolers come to retreat here, one of my favorite things to go back to when I give a middle school message, and I've I've implemented it into like high school and college now because we're all just complicated middle schoolers, but um, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll say that the Lord never wants to take from us. He wants to transform. Like the Lord's orientation, even when he does take, quote unquote, it's transformational. He, he's never leaving us empty handed. He's always bringing something new. So like, even if it's a challenge, is it oriented towards a newness in your life? Can you see that, whoa, that challenging word is preparing me for this thing. And I can see that because that's where that piece comes in, right? Is when I know that he's about a transformative work, I, I can recognize when his voice is challenging that it's still his because it's orienting me towards change. Beautiful. All right, my two cents. Hey. Um, all right. Uh, you, um, yeah. First, yeah. How do you, how do I discern what is actually God's voice? I think first of all, if you are really trying to discern like what I'm hearing is this of God or not from God, I think just get into the state of grace. And so, if like go to confession, if you're discerning something big and you're trying to hear God's voice, go to confession. And if we're in the state of grace, we can have um, as children of God, we we can have confidence that we're not being deceived by the devil, right? So the state of grace and going to confession, going to mass, it allows us to be, God doesn't want to trick us. He doesn't want to fool us. He doesn't, um, but I think there is, there are contrary voices that we can hear in our minds. So you talked about the sheep and the shepherd that in Jesus's time, the reason he used that analogy was because there would be multiple shepherds uh, in the field at the same time with all of their sheep. And so you could imagine if there's 400 sheep in the field and four different shepherds. And so then, well, all the, like, how do I know which shepherd is mine? Well, the sheep, like they would just hear their shepherd's voice. And when their shepherd says, come on sheep, they they would follow. And if they heard another shepherd say, come on sheep, they wouldn't follow that one. They just, they knew his voice. And, but you do hear other voices, right? So the, the voice of the enemy does attack us in our mind. And sometimes we hear um, negative words like, Dan, you're a failure. Or, or Dan, you're not good enough to do that. Dan, you, and, and we need to be able to recognize those and discern those, that those are not the shepherd's voice. Those come from the, 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 the accuser and the voice of the evil one. And um, what Paul says is take every thought captive and lay at the foot of the cross, right? And so when, you're take, when, when your mind, and sometimes when we're discerning something big, 
um, anxiety wells up in us and the, the evil one wants to use anxiety to confuse us. And Brad, like you said, the voice is very simple. So just take those thoughts captive and put them at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, like, I want to hear your voice and I want to know your voice and just stay rooted in him and, and his, like, he is your shepherd. Listen, carefully listen, and you'll just, you'll be able to hear his voice. Discerning, get in the state of grace. I think sometimes listening to other people is really important. Like God speaks through other people. So what is my, what do my friends say? What does my priest say? What is it? What is it like? Like I, I go to Aaron and Brad a lot when I'm trying to discern something because I know um, that God speaks through you guys a lot. So who are those people? And then even discerning like very broadly, the voice of God will never ask you to go against church teaching, right? And so like weigh it up against scripture and church teaching. And if, if it's something that is opposed to that, like, no, that's not God's voice. Dan, can I make a comment on what you said? Sure, uh, go for it. The, the scripture says that, that they will know, uh, they will not listen to the voice of the enemy because they do not know the enemy. And I wonder if the reason that we often hear the voice of the enemy is because we spend too much time cut, getting to know the enemy, <laughs> yeah. right? I doubt that, I doubt that my, my five-year-old child, you know, aside, I guess, let me, let me, let me change the analogy because she probably hears a voice of accusation from the times that I have, I, as a parent, have spoken contrary to the to the the word of God in a way out of anger or frustration. But like Marin, our baby, uh, I doubt she has to wrestle with hearing a voice of criticism and accusation in her mind right yeah. now, because she's not aligned herself with any words of of accusation or or uh, any derogatory phrases that might have been spoken about a person. But when we when we sit ourselves in in a media culture that's often sarcastic and negative. In the books, and the words, uh, in in the music that we that we listen to, in the conversations that we tolerate with friends, with peers, right? That that, that can be actually become something that we become familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good word. Well, it's also funny. I, I'm thinking just to human development as you were talking about little ones, and I, I was told this a few years ago, and it's it's convicted my heart in the, in the spiritual sense that when you're growing up, like as a kid, you don't learn a language you actually unlearn the phonemes that you don't use for that language. So like a baby will babble all of the phonemes. So all the different languages take on the different phonemes and a, a particular language is actually the reduction of the ones not used. So mm-hmm. the baby actually unlearns the ones that aren't necessary to speak that language and then the language is there. And over, if we can use the analogy in the spiritual walk, like, yeah, when we're, when we're at the innocence of that young age, there's this, ability to understand that all of this is God. And then over time though, we unlearn aspects of him as it chisels away, as our experience comes. And then we have a boxed in God. And we talk about that all the time. Like, let's get God out of the box because I do think sometimes it's like, oh, I know God spoke to those saints. So I'll read their books. It's like, yeah, he also wants to speak to you. And it's okay to get to like that down the funnel where you're like, I'll read post-conciliar documents, scripture and the lives of the saints. You know, it's like, that's great. I'm not saying don't do that, but take a step out of that and know that those saints weren't always St. Teresa of Avila. They were Teresa of Avila who was hearing from God and writing things down. And so if we can, again, kind of work backwards, back to where we have all of the phonemes at our disposal, if we can use the analogy, then we can begin seeing the full spectrum of God instead of this uh, dumbed down version that we can buy into sometimes. Good stuff. Well, um, I think 
it's time to move into mission momentum. So um, we've talked about hearing God's voice and how we can discern if it's actually it. So what is one way that we can put the discussion we've had today into action in the week to come? I have two I'm wrestling with, so I want you guys to go first. So okay. I see if yeah, one of yeah, you yeah. takes it. Do you have one immediately? I'm I, I, I have through. one, yeah. yeah. This is, a, um, I would, write to, to kind of counteract the voice of the evil one that we sometimes hear, I would make a list of the different negative things you hear in your mind. I'm doing this with my kids right now. We're going through seven habits of highly effective teens. And uh, hmm. they, they ask you, what are the negative uh, paradigms you have of yourself, the negative lens that you look at yourself at? And they, I had them write down the negative uh, paradigms of themselves. And, and then to ask God, what is, what is your view of this, right? And to listen to God. And so if, if maybe you struggle with the negative paradigm that I am ugly, then just ask the Lord, Father, how do you see me? And however, whatever you hear, right, when you ask that question directed to him, write that down. And I guarantee he's not going to be like, you're ugly, right? Like, and this is how you can start deciphering, okay, I have this negative paradigm. I've been listening to the voice of the accuser. Now I'm able to hear the voice of God to overcome that. And so this week, right, just make two lists, right? The negative paradigms that you sometimes hear and think about yourself, and then ask the Father to speak his truth over those paradigms one by one so that you can hear his his word in your life. I get I want to uh, I want to move into the prophetic just for a minute for mission momentum. So um, we hear the Lord's voice for us and we hear the Lord's voice for others. And how can mm-hmm. we actually decide if it's God's voice or not? Well, one of the ways is if we hear his voice for others, we share it with them and we see if it lands with them. Because if it doesn't, it was us. If it does, it was probably him because we don't know anything about this person who we're sharing the word with. Or even if you do share something outside of what you know. And so I think that's going to be my encouragement this week is go outside of yourself and ask the Lord to highlight someone to you at work or to highlight someone to you at home or to highlight someone to you in your um, call log, even though I think I've done that one before. But like, just ask the Lord to highlight someone to you, ask him his heart for them and just deliver whatever you think he's speaking. And then whenever they respond, if they respond favorably, that's, that's great. Just pray that the Lord would continue to love that person as they are. Like you can use your own words for it. And if the person says, well, I'm not sure if that lands, all you have to do is just say humbly, oh, great. Well, I was praying for you and I'm I'm working on hearing the voice of God and just know that he loves you, right? Like it, it gets us out of ourselves. It allows us to in, put into action, is God speaking to me for this person? And if we get it wrong, it also gives us reason to go back to personal prayer where it's like, Lord, help me hear you better. So that's Beautiful. my mission momentum this week. Can I add one more thought to that? Please. If, if you need a, uh, uh, if you need to keep the training wheels on, because mm. actually hearing a word and giving a word sounds yeah. challenging or intimidating, sure. feel free to to receive to ask for the Lord to reveal a word from Scripture for somebody, mm. and then to share that word. That's good. I like okay. that. Yeah. Good. Okay. So Brad covered that part. Uh, then I, I've got another one um, for our listeners. We talked about understanding. It was funny, Dan and Brad. Both of you were using really great words about how I just know, I just know what mm. God sounds like. Mm. And uh, I, I went through an exercise the other day that was really, it was really profound in my, in my personal prayer. So this is a, a personal prayer mission uh, momentum for you to take a moment in personal prayer and uh, think about the ways that you hear God's voice and try to begin uh, making a list of words that describe what God's voice sounds like to you. So um, not 
things that God has said to you. But when, when I hear and experience God's voice, I'm usually going to hear it in my own internal voice of my mind, right? It's going to sound like my other thoughts sound, you know, generally, but there's, there's usually a character or a sense that begins to come through where I can clearly discern. Um, well, I, I believe I can, I can, I can typically clearly discern what is God speaking in my thoughts versus what are my, my typical thoughts. And I was able to find the, the, the way that I know that distinction is because God's voice, it feels like it comes from a different place. It, uh, it, it feels like it comes from, you know, in my experience, it feels like uh, it, God is almost like speaking with, within me as opposed to in front of me. And that God is speaking in a way that as he speaks, his, his voice is soothing to me, that I actually experience like a soothing um, manifestation in my, in, my own, in my own heart. So to begin to label what God's voice sounds like so that we can then hear it more clearly. That's awesome. It is. It is. Well, friends, um, let's live a life of mission this week. We've been talking about hearing the voice of God here, and let's live out the mission of seeking his voice for us, for others, for the world. Let's listen and let's see what his voice can do in our lives. And this also, like we said at the beginning, is a show on mission. So if this blessed you and you know someone else it would bless, share this episode with others. And remember, as always, mission Mission makes makes sense. sense. And we'll see you next week here on Beyond Damascus.